welcome to the 17th episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom, media, and technology from Recon Analytics. I'm Don Kellogg, and with me as always is Roger Antner. How you doing, Roger? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. So this week, uh, City held their telecom, media, and technology conference, and we got to hear from all three of the carriers. I thought we could talk a little bit about that. What did you think that was notable about the, the conversations with the various carriers, and did we learn anything new as a consequence of those conversations? Yeah, well, let's start with T-Mobile, because they pre-released their results, and as expected, they kicked the ball out of the ballpark again. They had their best year ever, lower churn, very healthy phone ads. You know, the previous quarter was a little bit heavy on connected devices. So they are deploying their 5G in uh, 2.5. And so they're doing very well and they're getting stronger quarter by quarter. And so it's quite impressive. The, the, the one thing that was really interesting is that Mike Siebert said that 300 stores were closed due to COVID, right? Right. And I think Verizon also mentioned that they had closed about 15% of those their stores. So to the extent that, you know, we're kind of dealing with a second wave right now, we're seeing that in, in some of the retail store open numbers coming in from the carriers. I thought it was also notable with respect to the mid-band coverage that T-Mobile announced. So they announced that they've got 106 million pops covered in that 2.5 gigahertz mid-band spectrum. And they're getting average speeds of 100, or 300 megabits, Neville Ray, the, the president of technology, had mentioned. And that's really fixed internet territory, right? So we know that T-Mobile hasn't announced. They kind of danced around it on this call. But I would expect once they have a little more coverage in that mid-band spectrum, that makes fixed wireless internet really attractive uh, from a growth perspective for them. Oh, absolutely. They're going to add another 100 million in 2021. And they'll be a real force to to reckon with because 300 megabit, if you're a small rural telco, that's quite challenging. And that RDOF money that we talked about last time, you know, can't come early enough. So it's quite interesting. You know, they talked about their TV offer and said that it was basically profit neutral, but that's the hygiene factor uh, to get and uh, replace some of the landline guy, rural landline guys. And it, it nicely, you know, also tied to it because Mike Siebert said that core families and, and rural families are a key target area for them. So we should be seeing quite some activity there. Yeah, I mean, I think what's what's interesting, historically, T-Mobile's coverage is, has been best in urban areas and, and not terribly good in, in more rural areas or, you know, back in the kind of early days of 4G, it was like that. Now it looks like they're going to have almost 200 million pops covered by fast mid-band before Verizon and AT&T really even have mid-band 5G in a meaningful way, right? So, I mean, I think that's a pretty big difference. It, it will be a big difference, yeah, no doubt about it. And it's rural America where AT&T and Verizon have their strengths. 
in urban markets, T-Mobile has already is already the largest carrier. It's it's the rural parts that T-Mobile really needs to catch up and it's going to catch up. And then they're going to take, you know, share from from even the the other small rural carriers who haven't been exposed to T-Mobile ex- competition yet. It's going to be challenging. Yeah, so they talked a lot about micro verticals, right? So small town rural I think is really the, about their fixed wireless internet target. They were talking about enterprise. Historically, T-Mobile has been fairly underpenetrated in terms of B2B and enterprise. So that, that I think, is another interesting area where they, they potentially could get aggressive, given that they have such a small share. And then, you know, what we've seen over the last couple of years in terms of plans for over 55 and military, they've really been able to take share away from AT&T and Verizon as well. Yeah, because they didn't play there. They didn't all. play there exactly, so they have they have the luxury of, of being very strong in large large markets and large urban areas, but not really having to worry about cannibalizing any existing customers or offers in some of these new areas of expansion. So I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with that structurally. I don't think anything has really changed, you know, since 2020 in the sense that you know they still have a lot of wind at their back. And and one thing that Mike Sievert did say is that. He thought that switching had been muted in 2020. I think, you know, you you and I would probably agree. Once switching fires up again, T-Mobile is generally taking a lot of that switching activity and adding it to their customer roles. And so, you know, I would even expect maybe some acceleration in terms of of switching behavior, given we get on the other side of the pandemic. And Verizon is is using largely a a defensive tactic with their add-ons of uh, Disney and and discovery now. What I thought was very interesting is that Mike said basically that the competition is priming these customers for for T-Mobile. I thought that was very interesting. But Ronan Dunn was like very positive, saying, you know, we actually are saving money on this for with lower CPGA, and our cost is low. I hear him, but. Traditionally, the content providers have squeezed their their distributors to death. We see that with cable. We see that with satellite. And I think we will see that again with the wireless guy. I think it's pretty blue-eyed and, and naive to think that the content owners will not change their, their tune. And like even T-Mobile is seeing it because... Yes, they're paying for for Netflix minus $1 first and now minus $2. So consumers have to pay for the price increases that, that folks like Netflix are imposing, right? So it's going to be very interesting. Yeah, I thought it was interesting, the other comment that Sievert made about kind of the, the media add-ons or media bundles is that, you know, they they take a slightly different approach in terms of you know, Netflix on T-Mobile, for example, their T-Mobile add-on is there in perpetuity as long as you have that plan, as opposed to a lot of the Verizon plans, you get either six months or a year, and yeah, then it, it rolls off, right? So to some extent, that may be a way that that Verizon kind of tries to protect itself from trying from having to pay for these price increases, since it's only there for the customer for a given period of time. That said, then your rate goes up if you, you choose not to to pull it off your plan, right? So it's almost like you get two price increases. You get the full price 
plus you get the you know whatever you know additional prices the content producers pass along. Yeah, but Siebert was a little bit economical with the truth there because the uh, a lot of the high end plans for Verizon. Disney Plus is there for good as long as you're on the plan. So he, he was like, oh, with these plans is this. A little bit slicing and dicing how, how to tell the, the best story. That's fair. The, the $45 plans, I believe, have the six-month or 12-month introdu- introductory. Yeah. And the $55 line plans, which they call, the, I think, their premium unlimited plans, ha- have the, the content in perpetuity. Exactly. And and so if you pick and choose what you want to, if you want to pit your best plans against the other guy's budget plans, of course you look good. We have to call a spade a spade. What I thought interesting with Ronan Dunn's presentation then also was that he talked about, again, how strong business will be, right? The business sector. And that's one of the things we have seen now several quarters in a row is how strong the Verizon business sector has been. They they saved the bacon. Right, but I think last quarter, wasn't it, half of the net ads came from business, even though that's, by our estimate, only roughly 20% of the business, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, Verizon has always been strong with business, right? I mean, that's part of their their heritage. It'll be interesting to see as things get more aggressive, as, as T-Mobile gets more coverage all, everywhere, you know, if that holds true, they seem to be dedicated to pretty aggressive uh, acquisition offers. So we'll see. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, that's what, what is really, really strong there is enterprise and government is where they are far behind. SMB, T-Mobile is very, very strong. And then we had AT&T's presentation by John Stevens. And I thought here it was much more interesting how little he said about the, the wireless group, right? Yep. So they talk a little bit about FirstNet, talk a little bit about cap, how their CapEx was going to be going towards fiber expansion. Beyond that, I, you know, I know he's retiring, but I didn't think there was a, lot of, a, a whole lot of substance there. He talked about movies. He, he kind of pulled a little bit back from the the movie business where he said like, oh, going theatrical and streaming was like 2021 only. I don't think it's going back from that. They need HBO Plus to be a, a winner. And the success that Wonder Woman 84 has shown is like, I think it whetted more the appetite. But it was like, it was an olive branch towards uh, Hollywood. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll we'll see. I mean, there's a lot of moving pieces there in terms of the direct TV business. The Warner Media, you know, is still has its struggles, right? And the, the Warner Media business obviously has been really impacted by COVID. And you know, I, I don't, I don't blame AT and T for going through with you know more streaming options. Well, that's the only thing that works right now. The only thing they can do, right? So I mean, yeah. they're, by buying such a major studio like that, when when the the movie studios are not not able, or the movie theaters not able to be open. Obviously, that causes a lot of issues. Yeah, because when they can't put the movie in the movie theater, they get zero revenue. At least with streaming, they get a couple million more customers. It also highlights how dependent, you know, the movie theaters are on on like young folks. Now that this with streaming, it's much more family experience, but. 
telecom is much more our wheelhouse than, than the movie industry, right? Right, right. So I know there was another little bit of news that you wanted to talk about today, a little known kind of uh, press release. You want to kind of walk us through this, Roger? Yeah. So at the beginning of the year, T-Mobile put a press release out that it acquired Sprint-branded wireless assets from Brookings Municipal Utilities. 14,000 customers in South Dakota and, and Iowa. What this actually highlights, and it's, it's very little known. I was, I was involved in some consulting when that happened in oh, five years, six years ago, where both Sprint and T-Mobile warmed up their affiliate program. You know, small guys in, in sparsely populated areas in the Midwest. And I think this is just the first of quite a few affiliates that are, that are going to be bought up again. And so for the guys who, who were the affiliate, it's usually good money. They build this up. They bring customers in. And then in the end, the implicit agreement is basically, you know, will buy you at, at one point in time. And so this is, I think, like this next wave of affiliate buyouts coming. Interesting. So instead of going, you know, you can always go direct with, with carrier-owned stores or you can use affiliates and really effectively pay a bounty for, for all the new subscribers that come in. Yeah, and have them build the network. They build network. Right. Right. And so in a way, it's at a time when you are more cash constrained and would like basically to to make your network investment go further and buy them out at a later point in time. It's a win win all around. It allowed both Sprint and T-Mobile to focus more on urban areas and let somebody else build out rule and get a couple customers. And then when the network is running, and it's usually with the equipment that the big carrier approved because they can take advantage of the MSAs with the big infrastructure providers. So it, it all, it's all winning all around. So I just want to point it out that I would expect more of these buyouts to, to happen. Well, particularly as we see an added focus from T-Mobile on those more rural areas, particularly in the Midwest. Exactly. Uh, right. So. Exactly. Cool. Well, I think that's all we have time for this week. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Roger. Thank you. Mm-hmm.